Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Let's go over to Galatians 3 tonight is where we'll start. And uh, we want to, I want to continue looking at some of this concerning uh, the deep things of God or things that are spiritually discerned. And, uh, you know, I went and uh, I, I looked at some books that we have. And uh, there's some books that, that you know, we, we keep our library stocked so that you can feed correctly. Amen. You understand? Uh, this is a book by Brother Hagen. You may or may not have read it called, read it, called The Triumphant Church. And uh, uh, it's uh, all about dominion over all the powers of darkness. All right? And uh, when you read through this, this book, uh, he talks about uh, the principalities, the powers, uh, rulers of the darkness of this world. Goes through two or three visions that he had uh, where Jesus taught him about that. This is... The most balanced book I've ever read on the subject of, if you want to call it, spiritual warfare. Uh, most believers, I'm not saying you, but most believers don't know spiritual warfare. All right? Spiritual warfare is primarily in your mind. When, when the words war and warfare are only used about five times in the entire New Testament. And they're never once used in relation to the devil. They're always used in relation to the mind or the flesh. In other words, that's the gateway. The mind is the gateway. If the, the enemy gets in your thoughts, he can start waging war against your life. But if you learn to shut him down, we are not the militant church. You know, the militant church is a church that's fighting for victory. We have victory. We're the triumphant church. We are the triumphant church. Amen? So that's out there. Uh, Then he wrote this book, The Spirit Within and the Spirit Upon. That's the Holy Spirit's twofold work for the believer. And and you got to understand the work of the Spirit within you and the work of the Spirit upon you. All right? That's, That's why we were given the Holy Spirit in those two measures. Jesus talked about the the well of water springing up, and he talked about the rivers of water. So that's available. And then this is, uh, this is a book. Uh, I first read this. I don't know how many years ago I read this book. But I, I read this book when it was, uh, they used to put out these little, uh, they called them pocket. Back in the 70s, late 60s, early 70s, they were called like pocket books. And Brother Hagin had written that book called I Believe in Visions. And I believe he deals in this book with five different visions that the Lord gave him. Uh, this is... Uh, not just interesting reading, uh, but you'll see how God raised Brother Hagin from his deathbed. Uh, why the word if is the badge of doubt. Uh, how Satan influences lives of people. And uh, in-depth de- details of his visitations from the Lord. So those are all out there. They're available uh, for you. We stock that library so you'll have what you need. Amen. 
Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Well, before we get into this, a little quiz time. And, uh, and if you went to FBI May, I know who you are, so I may not call on you first. But, uh, but I, I will anyway. What, what, are some things, what are some things that Jesus said about the Holy Ghost? Anybody? He said what? Advisor. Did you say something, Pastor Ron? Counselor. Expeditious for him to lead. What's that? Comforter. Intercessor. Spirit. I like that. Spirit of truth. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Teacher. Yes, ma'am. Hallelujah. All of, what's that? Counselor. Who said helper? Helper. All right. So we see, see, y'all did listen. Praise God. Amen. But the reason I go through that is that, that those are all the things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would be to us. All right? Our comforter, our guide, our teacher, right? Our, our uh, counselor, one called alongside to help us. The, the, the earmark of, of Pentecostal, the Pentecostal people, is obviously speaking in tongues. All right? That, that is the outward sign of Pentecost. But the Holy Spirit was given for so much more than just speaking in tongues. Although that, that is such a beautiful operation that we have. But there's so much more there. Notice in Galatians 3. Oh, hallelujah. Galatians 3. And I'm not just going to center up on the Holy Spirit, although we'll, we'll talk about Him a lot. Uh, he's been so gracious to us. Moving in our services. But the Lord said we would have services full of the glory. Galatians 3.3. 3. Notice what Paul writes to the Galatians. And he says, are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Now, of course, he's writing to a group. And when we taught verse by verse through the book of Galatians, we emphasize this. He's talking to a group that had been of, of, of Gentiles. The Galatians were Gentiles. And he's talking to a group that, of course, had come in to the faith under the message of grace and, and uh, not of works. And now the Judaizers are coming in and they're trying to bring them back under the law of works and under the law of circumcision. And Paul, notice he writes to them and he says, Are you so foolish? Without understanding is what it means. To think, notice, that you began in the flesh and now you can be made, per or began in the spirit, and now you can be made perfect by the flesh. Well, what does that tell us? The flesh perfects nothing. To live after the flesh is to live in a constant state of immaturity. All right? Amen. The job of a parent. Is to grow a child up. To, to help them mature. Are you following me? Why? Because they have to mature. Or they'll live their life. Self driven. Amen. Hallelujah. And he says. You can't. 
do that. The Lord said this to me one time. You cannot expect to begin in the spirit and get over into the flesh and expect success. Because in the spirit realm is where the success is found. I made a statement last week that there are people that want to live their lives kind of rebuffing the Holy Spirit and not responding to His promptings on a daily basis. And then they need help and they want to go pray in the Spirit and get an answer and it doesn't happen. Because you have to engage the Holy Spirit consistently. It's a daily conversation that you're having with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever had somebody that didn't want you around unless you needed something? Unless they needed something? Anybody besides me? Well, how did that make you feel? Used. Made you feel like they don't care about me unless they need something. Right? And you'd see their, their number on your phone, and what would you say? They must need something. Right? I see some of y'all going, mm-hmm. Just don't look at anybody in here. But the point, the point is, when you constantly engage, remember some of the words for the Holy Spirit? You constantly engage the counselor. You constantly engage the teacher. Right? Well, my wife's big on that. Something that she's been asking the Holy Spirit recently is, Holy Spirit, show me my inheritance. Show me my inheritance. And you know, if, 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 if you would ask somebody, well, what's, what's your inheritance? You know, someone would say, all spiritual blessings in, in heavenly places. Well, that's true. But what does that involve? What does that entail? What's in that? What is in all spiritual blessings in heavenly places? Well, who knows that? The Holy Spirit. So when you constantly engage the counselor, Holy Spirit, counsel me on this. How do I do this? What do I say? How do I approach this? Right? Even even when it's not that big of a deal. But you're asking the Holy Spirit. Listen, it, it, welcome, it warms His presence in your life. The Holy Spirit likes to be made welcome. He, like, he likes a place made ready for Him. Hallelujah. And, and when you're constantly engaging Him on a daily basis, you're saying that the room is warm for you. My life is open to what you have to say. Because you're my counselor. Right? You're my counselor. I I enjoy counsel from people, but Holy Spirit, you're my counselor. You're you're the one that knows the deep things of God. You're the one that knows the hidden counsels. You're the one that knows those things that I need to know. Lord, Holy Spirit, you know things that I don't even know I need to know. And if you counsel me, You'll get me out ahead of the circumstance. Right? When you uh, uh, retain an attorney, you have retained legal counsel. Why did you get legal counsel? Because you don't know about that situation. Is that right? You have counsel in the throne room. But not only in the throne room, in the earth. The Holy Spirit is the only one of the triune Godhead whose residence is in the earth. But He's God, so He's omnipresent. So He's all places at all times. So He's 
in the throne room, yet in us. And yet working around us. In us, leading us, outside of us, helping us, setting things up. Hallelujah. I have that counselor. But he has to be made welcome. See, over the years, people have have turned this into something legalistic. That's the importance of living a life that pleases God. Is it, it warms the atmosphere for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, somebody said it, and, and my favorite phrase for him is the spirit of truth. Jesus called him the spirit of truth more than he called him anything else. He's the spirit of truth. What does that mean? He loves truth. Is this truth? Who wrote this? The Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth wrote truth. That's why Jesus said the spirit of truth will lead you and guide you into all truth. Hallelujah. Do you see that? That's why John could say, John could say concerning him in 1 John, in the, the, the epistle of 1 John, he said, you, he told us, you know the truth, you, this is the truth and not a lie. Because of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, who is the spirit of truth. Amen. Let's let's look at a couple of these. John 14. John 14. We've got we've to talk about the Holy Spirit because you can't be led by the Spirit without knowing the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit leads you through your spirit. The book of Proverbs says that the, the candle of the, of the Lord, all right, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, all right? Well, some translations say the Lord's searchlight. So in other words, God leads you by your spirit, but he leads you by your spirit through the Holy Spirit, amen. John uh, 14, verse 16, and I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another comforter, one just like me is what it means. One just like, another like and kind, that he may abide with you forever. So stop right there. You always have the Holy Spirit. He may not be vocal because you're not engaging him. If you engage the Holy Spirit regularly, he begins to understand that he has a right or that you are willing to allow him to speak into your life. Here's something I've learned. The Holy Spirit's the spirit of wisdom. For instance, when I am around my pastor, my pastor will call me and say, let's go to lunch or let's go to dinner or I'll call him and invite him or me and my wife and, and, and his wife. I don't ever go without a notebook. They would think it's weird if my wife and I showed up without a notebook. And people say, well, why is that? Because I'm about to be in the presence of wisdom. I've noticed something over the years that I've learned. People that have wisdom are not just going to throw it out there. It has to be mined. It has to be dug out. you got to ask questions. Amen. Do you see that? The Holy Spirit is the same way. 
He's not just going to interrupt you if you've not been giving Him voice in your life. But when you show up in His presence with your notebook, every time, He realizes you want something and you're engaging Him. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? I, I was talking to an older minister one time. And uh, uh, we were out at dinner. And I had my notebook. And uh, he started to say something. I said, wait a minute, let me get a pen. And, I, and, and he just looked at me. I said, I want to I get your wisdom. And he made this statement to me. He said, nobody wants to hear what I have to say anymore. That hurt me. That hurt me. It was like somebody kicked me in the stomach. Here's a person with almost 50 years of leading God's people, walking God's people through the areas of, right? Building ministries to the glory of God. And nobody wants to listen to him? What's being, see, it's not being lost on me. That's a good place to say, Holy Spirit, what you say won't be lost on me. Hallelujah. This, this is important. Because to be led by the Spirit, to get into the deep things of God, I've got to know on a, on, a, on a constant basis the one that brings those things to me. Oh, hallelujah. Notice he said, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him, neither know him, but you know him, because he dwelleth with you in the person of Jesus. He's talking to the disciples. He dwells with you in my person, but he shall be in you. Oh, glory. I've never seen him. I've never, right? I've, I've never physically, you understand what I mean physically? I've, I've seen Jesus. God's granted me some appearances. But I've never seen him in the flesh. I've never seen the Holy Spirit in the flesh, but He dwells in me. Hallelujah. He dwells in us. Notice verse 26 of the same chapter. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. All things. Now you know what all means in the Greek. All. Means all. All things. Who's going to teach you all things? Who's that? The Holy Spirit. Why? He's a teacher. You know, teachers teach. Amen. I was talking to a young minister the other day, and, uh, and I say that very, I don't, I don't say that derogatorily. I, I, I just say it's, it's, it's the fact he's, he's young, much younger than me. Matter of fact, he's my youngest son. And, uh, and uh, I was talking to him on the phone. And he was asking me questions about his church. And, and he was asking me different things. And he made the statement to me. He said, he said, Dad, as a pastor, he says, I see that you teach so much. And he said, but then there's times that you preach. He said, you, you walk that line better than anybody I know. And I told him, I said, well, Paul said the pastor was apt to teach. Right? That's, that's part of that gift is teaching. Well, who's the author of that gift, the giver of that gift? The Holy Spirit. That's why you'll come to church and the pastor will teach on something for 12 or 13 or 14 or 15 weeks and you're just getting it and getting it and getting it and getting it because the teacher will keep saying it in a different way until you get it. 
The teacher will keep teaching till you receive it. Hallelujah. Amen. And so he said, and then notice, he'll bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said. He'll teach you how many things? All things. And bring all things to your remembrance. Now, John 15, John 15 and 13. Oh, hallelujah. Excuse me, 16 and 13. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. That's a wonderful word, guide, because it literally means to be a tour guide. To be on a tour, and the guide is guiding you. When you why do you get a tour guide? Because you don't know what you're looking at. You know, when you go to Washington, D.C., for instance, you can go through all the buildings, and you can, you can look at a lot of stuff, but if you go on a tour... They'll take you to specific places. They'll take you behind the scenes. They'll get you places that you can't get on your own. Because they are a guide. The Holy Spirit will get you places you can't get on your own. And notice, it said He would guide you into all truth. For He will not speak of Himself... But whatever he hears, that's what he's going to speak. Hallelujah. And he will show you things to come. So he's giving you, he's guiding you. He's speaking what he's hearing from the throne. And he's showing you things to come. So you got a present guide. You got a present communicator. And you've got someone showing you what's coming. All you've got to do is engage him. Amen. Holy Spirit, what's coming? What about this? Show me how to do this. Right? I use a very, a very simple example. But I remember year, years ago, many, many years ago, probably 20, oh my goodness, 20, 26, 27 years ago, maybe. Uh, well, 24 years ago. And uh, or so, 25, uh, I was working uh, uh, in the corporate world for Blue Cross. And uh, uh, one day, the, the, the manager of the department that I was a, a lead in called the three, three of us leads in and said, uh, I need this report. This was on Friday. I need this report by Monday in an Excel spreadsheet format. Well, Excel was the big thing then. It was like the newest, Right. Well, here's the thing with Excel. You've got to come up with a formula to make it work. Right? I didn't know anything about it. I've told you time and time again, every job I held there required a college degree, and I never went to college. But I got every job I applied for. You say, what'd you do? I went back to my desk with that report, and I put it on my desk, and I said these words, Holy Spirit, I don't know anything about Excel. You've got to teach me. Hallelujah. The end of that day, I had my report done and on her desk. Everybody else 
worked all weekend. And they were versed in that program. I was done before I went home. You say, how'd that happen? I had the teacher that I engaged that told me what to do. See, because sometimes you'll engage the teacher and he'll say, call this person. They have the information you need. Or read this book. Or go here. Or sometimes it'll just come floating up out of your spirit. But when you're engaging the Holy Spirit, He's going to teach you. Oh, that's good stuff. Amen? And He'll speak what He hears. You and I are not in the dark about anything. Or shouldn't be. Because we have the Holy Spirit. I remember one time, uh, uh, Terry Mize made a statement. I don't know, anybody, y'all know who Terry Mize is? Anybody, you know Terry Mize or know of him? And he made a statement. A person in their family had died. And he went to the Lord and he said, Lord, why didn't you tell me about that? That's what caught me, was he went and said, Lord, why didn't you tell me about that? And there was a reason. The, the Lord said, well, that... That person had uh, 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 remarried, and when they remarried, the the person they married became their head, because they were, he was a member of the family, kind of a long story, but what got me was he said, Lord, why didn't you tell me that was going to happen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because if I'm engaging the Holy Spirit, there's things I know. Is that right? Say it out loud. When I engage the Holy Spirit, He'll show me things to come. You are are not making it up as you go along. Or you shouldn't be. I should be hearing from from the Spirit. What cannot be discerned spiritually can never be obtained naturally if you can't discern it spiritually you'll never obtain it naturally hallelujah oh glory the answers are in the spirit and in order to access those answers i have to sow into my spirit all right that's why Galatians 6, 8, you can write it down. It says, he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let me use a very simple example. You cannot watch things that are full of fear and expect peace. I've actually talked to Christians that said they loved horror movies. And I want to say, are you a fool? I didn't, but I wanted to. You know, love restrains you. Hallelujah. Why would you want why would you watch something that's going to produce fear and then expect peace? Well, I'm not sleeping good. Well, do you know what you're watching? A pretty good indicator why you're see? But yeah, but I like it. So now understand this. Sowing to the flesh. Not to the spirit. Now, you're free to watch whatever you want. I'm not telling you what to watch, but I'm, I am saying, 
If you're going to watch horror movies, in the words of the old preacher that I love very much, you is a fool. Right? Because there's not going to be any peace. And where there's no peace, there's an open door for the enemy. The enemy thrives on disruption. He wants to disrupt your life. He wants to bring disruption in. He wants to bring chaos in. He wants to bring sleeplessness in. The answer is sowing to your spirit. You don't need a preacher to come over and cast devils out of your house. Because I can come over and I promise you, if I come over and there's a devil, he's leaving. But if you're going to keep sowing to the flesh, what Jesus say he's going to do? Roam about in dry places and come back. Is that right? Hallelujah. So where's the answers? In the spirit. I got to sow into my Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. I'm not going to get through all this tonight. But that's the good thing about being a pastor. We'll just pick up on it next time. Hallelujah. <laughs> like the man said, it won't spoil. Amen. <laughs> do, do, do you see this? This is the importance of being spiritual people. Spiritual people are not just people that pray and people that read the Bible. They're people that sow into their spirit. They, they live out of their spirit. You're conscious of what's going on in your life. You're conscious of what's going on in your spirit. You're conscious of what you listen to on the radio because it affects you spiritually. Amen. You're not going to have a good marriage listening to all my exes live in Texas. Right? Going to be a problem. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. You know you don't. Amen. Hallelujah. You, you, you're, just not, you're just not going to. Because that's sowing to the flesh. Yeah, but you know, I just like the beat. But you're sowing to the flesh. The words are still affecting you spiritually. You need, right? You can't walk in love Talking about affairs. Amen. You, 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 you can't walk in love. Hallelujah. Singing leaving songs. You can't have joy singing sad songs. Because those are not fruit of the Spirit. God will never lead you to leave your family. Now that seems elementary. But I've been pastoring long enough to know that people have come to me and all but said, God told me to leave my wife. God's okay with this divorce. Now if you've been divorced, there's no, no knock against you. What I'm saying is these people were saying God was behind it. They're not living out of their spirit. You say, what'd you tell them? No, God is not behind that. You're lusting after that other person. That's what's behind this. You're sowing to your flesh. Right? Hallelujah. What do you got to do? When that thought comes, you got to go watch this. Grab that thought, cast it down. Tell it. Tell that thought. Hey, hey, devil, watch this. I'm grabbing that thought and I'm casting it down. 
That's what spiritual people do. They don't play with that. Amen. Because you will come to church having trouble in your marriage. You'll, you'll come to church and a sister will, will look at you and shake your hand and be nice to you. And the devil will go, uh-huh, see? Uh-huh, see? If you had a wife like that, dear Lord, God put you together with the one you have. Don't start sowing to the flesh by opening your mind up. Am I helping you? So sowing to the flesh. Sowing to the flesh. You can't just sit around and veg out all day on natural carnal things. It may not be sinful. You can't sit at home all day on Saturday and watch f- college football all day from morning to evening and then expect to get up and have something to say to people on that night Sunday morning. You've spent all day long sowing to your flesh. Yeah, but it's not sinful, but you're still sowing to your flesh. Eating a bag of Doritos won't kill you, but it'll sow to your flesh. Right? Going by Krispy Kreme and getting a dozen cream horns and eating all of them. Well, I don't know, that might kill you. I don't know. But my point is that's not a sin, but it's still not good for you. There are things that are not sinful, but they are sowing to the nature of of the flesh am i helping you and 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 if i'm going to see clearly the things of the spirit it cannot always be colored by the things of the natural we live in a natural world but we are not natural people we're spiritual people oh glory did i did i tell you go to first corinthians 2 uh, verse 9 notice this it says as it is written, eyes not seen, ears not heard, neither is entered into the heart of man the things that God's prepared for them that love him. God's revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. The, the Weiss translation says the spirit is constantly exploring all things. Now we can stop right there and preach for the rest of this message. The spirit is constantly exploring all things. Hallelujah. The goal of the Christian life is to be spiritual. You want to be around spiritual people. Your closest contacts should be people that are spiritual. Not people that are carnal. Amen. Well, why is that? Because because it keeps a spiritual atmosphere. I would rather have four or five close spiritual friends than 50 carnal friends. You want somebody that can speak into your life when you need them to speak into your life. You want somebody that has something spiritual to say to you. When you sit around the the dinner table, you want to be around people that are going to talk the word and talk the spirit and talk the answer and leave you refreshed and built up and encouraged. Not somebody that you're always having to drag out of the ditch. If, if the people you're around, you're always having to pull them up, that's a toxic relationship. Hallelujah. We, we all got people we got to help. Amen. DJ said, that's right. Hallelujah. 
That why, is, why is this important? Because, because we feed each other when we're, when we're around spiritual people. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 13 of the same chapter, it says, Which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. The Woos Bible says, We are fitly joining together spirit-revealed truths with spirit-taught words. Sowing to my spirit will result in spirit-revealed truths and spirit-taught words. When I sow to my spirit, it's spirit-revealed truths and spirit-taught words. Hallelujah. The answer to a lot of people's problems is this. Be spiritual. Hallelujah. Do you hear me? Now, I'm a pastor, and I love to pray with people. Love to pray for people. But you will reach a point when you'll have to get it for yourself. You will have to get spiritual. If you're going to grow, you'll have to get spiritual. Or, or you'll be relegated to the spiritual waiting pool. You'll never go into the deeper things of God. And if you never go into the deeper things of God, there's things God can't reveal to you. You can't expect to do more for God if you won't go farther with God. Hallelujah. Do you see that? And so there's a place to have someone pray with you, but there's a place to be spiritual and get your answer for yourself. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 14, it says, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Why? They're foolishness to him. He can't know them because they are spiritually discerned. So notice, there's no access through the flesh. No access through the flesh to the, to the things of the Spirit. None. The flesh cannot discern the Spirit. Access is only obtained as I sow to the Spirit. As I sow to the Spirit. As I sow to the Spirit. Now, I realize we live in a natural world and we have natural life. And, and I'm right. I'm not, I'm not telling you there's anything wrong with watching a ball game or something. Like that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is if you investigate certain situations with people that are always having these issues... It comes back to there are things that they're not doing in the spirit realm. Doors open as I sow to the spirit. When, when, when you get spiritual about things, remember I, I used the illustration today about Pastor Michelle and I before we were married, and she made the statement, and, and she'll tell you this. She's taught on it. She said, she said, Lord, the person that, the man that you bring into my life has to be more spiritual than me. They have to shout more than me. They the right. This this is what I'm looking for. 
Now, here's what I want you to see. What was the first prerequisite on her list? Spiritual things. Amen. Everything else was secondary. Tertiary. Fourth on down the list. Amen. Spiritual things. You make spiritual things your focus. Right? I, I don't go to a church based on what they have, what programs they have, what kind of entertainment they have, what kind of lights they have, how comfortable the seats are, how comfortable the environment is. I go to a church based on what does the Spirit say? Where did the Spirit tell me to be? Amen. Because if I'm where the Spirit told me to be, what I need will come to me where the Spirit told me to be. Oh, it's important. I've, I've learned that over the years. Amen. When, uh, when uh, uh, God began to deal with us about uh, uh, coming to Little Rock, starting the church, uh, well, we prayed about it for two years. We prayed, prayed it out for over two years, prayed in the Holy Ghost for two years before we got a plan. And, uh, uh, but then we got a plan, and God told us what to do. And, uh, you know, it, in, in the beginning, it was more my wife driving down. I had responsibilities. Many of y'all were there at the inception. You remember. It was my wife driving down. And, and uh, she would pull up the back of that La Quinta, and Vernon would be there waiting on her and help unload. Pastor Ron remembers. Larry, you remember different ones. But here's, here's the point. Little by little, we kept looking at this thing, and God started dealing with us that we were going to pastor both churches and have them be one church in two locations. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see this? And, and as he's leading in the Spirit, there were people that I would talk to that couldn't grasp it because they weren't looking at it spiritually. When, when I said we were going to pastor both churches, I had people from that church leave from that location. People that told me they would never leave. God's changed my life. But see, what, here's, what they could, here's all they could see. That I'm not going to have my pastor every Sunday. I mean, who cares about what God wants to do? It's I'm not going to have what I want. Amen. Glory to God. But you know, when, when we first got into that, I was gone from there a lot more because we were, we were starting this. This, this church was, was in, the, in the bassinet. We were a baby church. Amen. But then we started walking and we started pulling up and right, we started getting, right, getting out of the diaper and growing. Right? And what did God start doing? He started evening the times out. Now I can be here for three Sundays and I've only got to be there for two Sundays because I've raised up people that can help do there. God will always work things out if you'll just be where He told you to be spiritually. Amen. You see, I don't want to be that person that looks at things from a natural standpoint. Because you'll, you'll miss miracles. You'll miss victories. Amen. The more we sow to the Spirit, the harder it is for the enemy to deceive us. Because I'm sowing to the Spirit. 
the more I sow to the Spirit, if I keep sowing to the Spirit, I don't know why I keep bringing this up, but if I keep sowing to the Spirit, the devil can't send somebody into my life to mess my life up. Because I've been sowing to the Spirit, and I can recognize spiritual things. Understand this. When the devil wants to mess things up in your life, he sends a person into your life. When God wants to bless you, he sends people into your life. Hallelujah. Check here. Check here. Remember I told you about my, my youth pastor? And there was a young lady that was coming to the, the church, and he had had a failed relationship. He was a good young man. And, 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 this, and this girl started coming to the church. And, uh, I mean, she looked right. She was beautiful. She was well-spoken. And every time I would get around her, boy, my spirit would just start churning. Not in a good way. You know, like your stomach gets upset. Oh, my spirit would get all kinds of upset. And she'd go away, and that just, that just calmed down. And then she'd come back in the next service, and oh, it would just, oh, my goodness. And she told me one time, she said, uh, yeah, uh, me and she called the youth pastor's name. Me and him want to meet with you, you know, about our relationship. And boy, that sent every red flag off in my spirit. You say, what'd you do? I went to him. My relationship was such with him. And I called his name. And I said, I pointed at her. I said, that is not for you. Now, I'm telling you what I'm picking up. You do what you want, but that is not for you. Well, Pastor, that was none of your business. Okay, whatever. But I was picking up the red flag in my spirit. And if I'm picking up the red flag in my spirit, there's something he's missing. God did not give you a pastor just to preach and teach to you. God gave you a pastor to help rescue you. And, 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 and if I'll listen about certain things. Now, I don't do that to everybody. I, I, that's, that's probably the only time I've ever done it. But you know, the colors were proven because when he told her, no, we're not meeting about no relationship. We don't have a relationship. She hit the bricks. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, now, understand this. He was putting spiritual things first. Are you following me? When you're looking for a job, what are you putting first? If you put natural things first, you can get a good job, but it'll hurt you spiritually. You put spiritual things first. Right? I, I've, I, I had a man come to the church one time. Is this okay? Pastors have stories. I, I, I had a guy come to the church one time, and he got saved and got filled with the Holy Ghost. He was a painter, and he couldn't buy a job. I mean, he, he, his family was hurting. He was having trouble. Man, he got saved and got filled with the Holy Ghost and, and started coming to church and, and, and supporting the church and being a part of the church. And I mean, honestly, that, that man's business took off. Boom. It just took off. And he had more jobs than he could shake a stick at, as, as we say. Hallelujah. But. He, he started getting away from the things of God. I'm not talking about backsliding. He quit making spiritual things a priority. Church quit being a priority. Getting with the men's group quit being a priority. 
You know, it starts with not being there on Wednesday, and then it goes, I'm not, can't be there Sunday night, but I'll, I'll be here every Sunday morning. Now, you can think we're just talking about missing church, we're talking about spiritual priorities. I realize that there's going to be times you've got to miss church because of work. I understand that. But it's not something that you begin to make your life. Because what changed his natural circumstances, his spiritual change? Do, do you see this? So being led by the Spirit is being aware of natural sources, but being more aware of spiritual leadings. I'm aware of natural sources, but I'm more aware of spiritual leadings. You're better off to take a job that you were led to take that may be less than what you wanted, but you'll prosper more because you went where you were led. The Bible says the arm of the flesh will always fail. And if you take a job based on a dollar number, it's going to fail you eventually. Because, because you took it for the wrong reason. Well, you know, Pastor, that's kind of an a, a, a all-inclusive statement you just made. Yeah, I, I've, I've been doing this long enough to tell you. I've seen people do that, and it's never been good for them. You've, you've got to make the spiritual thing, the spiritual leading, the priority. Now, I'm almost done. To be led by the Spirit is not to ignore natural circumstances, but to place a higher emphasis on spiritual leadings. I'm not ignoring the natural circumstances, but I'm placing a higher emphasis on spiritual leadings. What are you led to do? Well, should I do this? I don't know. What are you led to do? Remember the guy that came to Brother Hagin? He had an opportunity to pastor a church. He was a Raymond student. He had an opportunity to pastor a church on the weekends, and he came to Brother Hagin. And he said, Brother Hagin, what should I do? Should I pastor this church? Brother Hagin said, well, how in the world should I know? They didn't ask me to pastor the church. They asked you. What do you think you should do? <laughs> now, I'm not going to respond to you that way. But the point is, what, what are you led to do? In the day and age we live in, being led is vital. It's vital. So if somebody comes to me and they say, should I do this? Uh, you need to be led. Yeah, but I don't know what to do. Can you tell me? I, I'm not going to tell you what to do in that kind of situation. You've got to be led. Well, do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? You know, they're saying we need to do this. Do I need to do it? You need to be led. Well, how do I do that? Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me. Well, what if it's another spirit? Another spirit cannot contact you here. It will have to contact you here. The Holy Spirit will never talk to you here. He'll talk to you here. And, you, and, and you're looking for what's being said in your middle, not what's being said in your head. And if it comes to your head, disregard it. Listen for what's in your spirit. Don't allow fear to not, don't allow fear to lead you to not do something and call it the spirit. Don't allow fear to cause you to do something and call it the spirit. 
Make sure it's the Spirit. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. I've had people say, I'll never do that. I'll never do that. And three weeks later, be asking me what they should do. Now, wait a minute. I thought you said you'd never do it. Were you being led? And if you know you're being led, don't worry about what people are going to think. Because you're led. I learned that a long time ago. Hallelujah. <laughs> because, because people that, oh Lord, I shouldn't. Uh, I got time? I do. I got five minutes. Listen, listen. <laughs> so many times, people that don't know what faith is, put pressure on people to act in what they call faith, but they don't know what faith is. Does that make sense? I don't have anything to prove to anybody where my faith is concerned. Neither do you. People will put pressure on you. Well, if you do that, you're not in faith. Well, says who? Who said that? Right? Well, if you don't do it, you're not in faith. Well, says who? Who said that? Who made you the faith police? I, I can tell you what the Bible says about faith. I know if I'm in faith. You should know if you're in faith. But one of the foundations of faith is being led. Amen. I've had people come and ask me, Pastor, the doctor says I need surgery. Should I? Be led. Well, am I in faith if I get surgery? Getting a surgery will never stop you from being in faith. Just like taking a pill for your headache is not going to stop you from getting healed. See, people that look at things from a fleshly viewpoint, they'll say, I'm in faith. I didn't take any medicine. Are you hurting? Well, yeah, I'm hurting. It's because you didn't take any medicine. Go take a pill. Pastor, I got a headache. Take an aspirin. Well, can't you just pray for me? Well, I can. But you can also take a Tylenol. <laughs> Don't let people pressure you into doing something that your faith may not be ready for. Don't, don't allow that. Hallelujah. Don't just jump on the bandwagon because investigate. Are people spiritual? The people that you're talking to, are they spiritual? Are they hearing from God? Are they speaking to you out of their spirit? Or, or are they saying things that are just natural statements? Amen. The spirit is not easily fooled because the Spirit's connected directly to the source of all knowledge. Amen. So when you get a report or you, you go to the doctor or they say you need to do something, if you just look at it from the sense knowledge standpoint, I tell you what's going to come up. Well, if you have that procedure, you're not in faith. I can tell you, that's going to come up. You've got to be led. But I'll give you a clue here. 
If you're asking if you should do it, you probably should. Because there's uncertainty there. I say there's uncertainty there. The Spirit is certain. I say the Spirit is certain. We have have a lot of talk today about, should I get this? Should I get a shot? Should I get vaccinated? Should I do this? And you got the side over here, they're just anti-everything. And I'm not against them. And then you got the side over here, that's the answer to everything. And I'm not against them either. Where's the answer? Somewhere in the middle. There's people that get the shot and still get sick. There's people that haven't got the shot and haven't had a symptom. All I'm trying to say, what do both parties need to do? Be led. If you're in here and you're a Democrat, be led. If you're a Republican, be led. If you're an independent, choose a side and be led. (laughs) How long halt you between two opinions? But see, this is the key is to be led. I use the brain God gave me, but I'm led by the Spirit. I'm led by the Spirit. Amen. Because, folks, there, there, are, there are consequences for things I do that I wasn't led to do. I'll, I'll leave you with this. I had a minister friend of mine one time, and he was getting up in years, and uh, when we had first went to uh, Kansas City, we spent uh, a couple of years in his, in his ministry, and he was a wonderful pastor. And uh, our relationship just grew over the years, and he would come to our church and preach, and he would have me at his church. And, and one day he was talking to me, and he was saying, uh, you know, I'm getting on up in years, and uh, I can't think of anybody else that I would like to leave this church with but you. Well, the Lord had already talked to us. We were already pastoring here. And I'm thinking, Lord, I've got two churches. Three, actually, because we pastor consultories as well. That was a beautiful communion service last night, wasn't it? Those of you that were here, it was just a beautiful time with the Lord. But so we already pastored three churches, three congregations. And I'm thinking, how, Lord, I don't know how I could do this. And when he would talk to me, he seemed so sure, but I was so unsure. And I loved him so much, still do, still have a relationship with him, loved him so much, I wanted to help him, right? But when we would talk about it, oh, he had a plan, he had a date, he, he, I just didn't have a leading. And one day I came downstairs from, in the place we were living, I came down from our room and, and I came down and, and I sat down on the, the love seat. And I I was opening my notebook, and the Lord asked me this question. He said, when did I lead you to do that? I had to stop. I had to pause. And I had to say, Lord, you never did. He said, so it's not my will. Now, that seems simple. But think about this. The whole time we were talking about that, I didn't ask. And finally, one day I got in a place where I wanted an answer. 
And he said, when did I lead you to do that? There can be things rolling around in your spirit and you're trying to make a decision. And here's my question to you tonight. When did God ask you to do that? When did God lead you to do that? Well, they want me to do this. Okay, but they aren't God. Yeah, but they, they, my, they want me to get involved with this, but they're not the Holy Spirit. When did the Holy Spirit tell you to do that? And if you can say the Holy Spirit told me on this day, then go after it 100%. But if the, if the Spirit didn't lead you, you know, Philip did not just go to the Ethiopian eunuch's chariot. It says the Spirit bade him go and connect yourself to that man. Is that right? The Spirit said go do that. What, what does the Spirit say? Brother Keith was talking one time, Brother Keith Moore, about he was an instructor at Ramah, and he said there was all these people at Ramah, they were all getting involved in this investment opportunity. And it was just the big thing. Everybody was investing large sums of money. And he said uh, uh, thousands of dollars. And he said, uh, I I'd heard him talk about it, and he said, I, uh, I decided to do it. And he said, I went to the bank. I went to the bank and withdrew the money. And he said, I'm in my car, and I'm driving to the place. And he said, and I thought, I should ask about this. And I said, Lord, is this right? And the Lord said to him, I have never given you any indication that you should be doing this. Notice, notice that. He finally asked. He was on his way to invest that money. And the Holy Spirit arrested him. Hallelujah. What is he leading you to do? That's what you want to do. Hallelujah. Let's stand up tonight, shall we? Praise the Lord. I believe God. Amen. We are in as such an atmosphere of, of, of a spiritual climate. There's so much spiritual activity going on. And uh, hallelujah.